Hello everyone. Um, such a privilege to um, share the word of the Lord um, with us today. And we're just continuing on the topic, how to handle the Bible. But before we go into that, I was just saying to my table um, that when Ian said happy birthday to our Father in heaven, like that, kind of a bit of tear just came to my eye because I was like, wow. And it's something that we don't say much, but um, I just want us to just, from the depth of our hearts, just say that again to the Lord. The happy, happy Father's Day. Happy Father, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So today, I'm going to start with a bit of a story, um, like Natalie started with, and then we'll go into our scripture, and then we'll get quite practical with the word of God, which I really like. And this story I'm going to share with you, I've repeated it a couple of times, but every time I repeat the story, the Holy Spirit always kind of points something out to me at the end of the story. It is a good story with a happy ending, So, but at the end, it's a bit of a cliffhanger. So I'll share that with you in a second. So the story goes like this. There was an old Baptist preacher in the 1800s. Um, and he was preparing for his preach like I was a couple of days ago. And he got quite tired and said, you know what, let me just go out for a walk. You know, let me just get some fresh air. And as he went for a walk, he saw a young boy um, with a bird cage with field birds inside and a stick. And the old man noticed that the young boy was poking the birds in the cage very was quite traumatic actually was put the feathers were all falling off and the the birds were screeching and the old man just his heart broke for these birds in the cage and he went to the young boy and he said to him you know why are you tormenting these birds in the cage why are you doing this to them and the young boy said because i enjoy doing it and the old man went back again to him and he said, you know what, why don't you give me the birds? I'll treat them well, just give them to me. And the young boy said, actually, no, I'm not going to give them to you. I caught the birds myself, so they're mine. And then the old man came back again and said, you know what, I'll give all I have in my pocket. I think it was like two, two dollars or so, which was a lot back then. He said, I'll give all I have to have these birds back. And the young boy saw it as a business opportunity. And of course, he gave the old man the birds in a bird cage. And the old man took it home. And when he released the birdcage at home, the birds were singing out loud, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. And I really love that story. Of course, it shows that, you know, how God gave all he had for us to set us free. But what the Lord was telling me at the end of that story, which is a good story, they were set free. But at the end of the story, what the Lord was just laid on my heart was that, a lot of his children, yes, they're saved and he set them free. But how many of them are actually truly living in the reality of what he saved them into? I don't know if that makes much sense to us. So a lot of us are saved. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you haven't, today is the best day to do it. Now is the day of salvation. But if you have and a lot of us have, as I said, but we still have that mindset of being, still being in that cage. And just like the Egyptians as well, they left the wilderness. So they left the, the Egypt, they got into the wilderness, but they still had the Egyptian mindset. And that's what the Lord laid on my heart for today. That a lot of believers, yes, we're saved, but we've not really come into that which God has saved us to in our mindset, the sonship and fellowship which he saved us into. And the only way to conquer that, 
It's through the word of God. It's through knowing the word of God. And I wasn't going to share this story before, but I thought, you know, why not? If the Holy Spirit lays it on my heart. Um, I got saved back in 2012. I kind of reached the rock bottom. And I thought, you know what? I don't know anyone else but Jesus, so let me just follow him anyway. And I was following him. Devotional was a bit of a tick box. I've done that today. I'm a good Christian. Um, maybe worship, I'm a good Christian, kind of tick box. That was how my journey started. But it got to a point in 2015 where the Lord revealed something to me for a dream. And I remember in that dream, it was like someone sent me on a journey. And as I started on this journey, I just knew in my spirit that rapture had happened. And everyone was, everything was just chaotic. Everyone was running out of skelter. It was a mess, complete mess. And I remember just standing there like, I didn't make it. What happened? And then people were coming to me, they were like, oh, well, you're not the one that was doing this in church. Why? How come you're still here? And I remember in that dream, I just went on my knees praying, that, Lord, just give me one more chance, one more chance. And I personally knew what that dream meant for me, that I was just a Christian. I guess I was saved. But everything I was doing, the activities I was doing were just like a tick box. They were just, you know, yeah, I know this is what Christians do, so let me just do it. Oh, this looks good. to I think it looks good, so let me do it. But actually, I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. I didn't go to the Word. I didn't engage with the Word to get to know Jesus more. And the Lord wants that from us. He wants us to engage with His Word. Because in His Word is where He is. Is revealed to us through his words. And Emmanuel laid a great foundation for us last week. But the Lord is saying, come to this word to get to know me more. There is so much more to know in me. There's so much more that I want to explain to you. There's so much more to experience of me. And I want to show that to you through the word of God. And today the Lord is calling us deeper. He's saying, yes, leave the surface Christianity behind, the tick box Christianity behind, and come deeper to know me through my word. Amen. Amen. So, just a bit of research. And before we go into our two main scriptures for today, you know, what the word actually does. So what does the word, what can the word do to us, maybe to us and to unbelievers? What can the word do? The word of God has the power to convict of sin. I believe before we all got saved, the word of God convicted us of our sin. The Holy Spirit through the word convicted us of our sin. It has the power to produce faith. The word of God has the power to cleanse. The word of God has the power to build up. The word of God has the power to give us wisdom. The word of God has the power to give assurance of eternal life. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I kind of just forget about, you know, eternity at times. Whenever I read the word and it's like, yeah, don't forget that, you know, Christ is coming back. And I'm like, oh yeah, let me, let me make sure that I'm living in the reality of eternity and not just for myself. And that's what the word of God does to us. The word of God has power to bring peace in the heart. The word of God has the power to produce joy. The word of God has the power to protect us from error and sin. It testifies concerning Christ. It makes us wise unto salvation. It causes us to be born again, which we are. It's a child, it's, it's a child of God's spiritual milk. So when babies need to feed on milk to grow, that's what the word of God is for us. It's our spiritual milk. 
It's the believer's bread of life. You know, when Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. It's our bread of life. The word is our bread that we must live on every day. The word of God helps believers to grow in the knowledge of Christ, like I mentioned earlier. The word of God reminds us of our identity as sons. It transforms our mind. It shows you the heart of the Father for his creation. You know, when we don't read the word, we don't really understand the Great Commission that well. We don't understand what the Lord has called us to do in our, in our town, in our cities, in our family. But the word of God reveals that to us. And lastly, it makes the believers complete. The word of God completes us. Amen. So our two scriptures for today. If I can get two people to read, please. Um, the first is Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And then the second is Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. The first, Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. And then Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. If you're there, please feel free to read. Training them for a life that God's for, for a life that God that has God's approval. Mm-hmm. They equip God's servants so that they are completely prepared to do good things. Thank you. Good. We're gonna go into that a bit later. And then the second scripture, Hebrews four, twelve to thirteen. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing through division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, mm. and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm. Thank you so much. So, just practically, I know that sometimes we can go into a lot of theory, but practically, how does it look like to handle these two scriptures? So, sometimes I know when you're reading the scripture at home, you know, you might have a whole chapter and just kind of Read through the chapter, you're like, oh, thank God, what a beautiful chapter. And I just kind of move on with your day. But how should we, when we do have the time or make the time for it, how should we actually handle this kind of scripture? So I kind of broke it down a little bit to show how it can be handled, just to show the practicality of it. So first, we'll go with Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. And then I'll get you to go into 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 a little bit later. And then what I do first, or what the Lord has taught me to do, is first invite the Holy Spirit when I'm about to read the scripture. Because as we said earlier, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals Jesus to us in the scripture. The Holy Spirit empowers, purifies, reveals, and he unifies. But in the, for the scripture's sake, he reveals to us. And it's so beautiful that the Trinity works so well together. So the, I'm just going to say just a little bit about the Holy Spirit and move on. The Holy Spirit is a person and is the very person who gives life to us. One of the ways it speaks, speaks to us is through the word of God, the Bible. The Holy Spirit who glorifies Jesus is the one who makes Jesus real. He's constantly revealing Jesus and he empowers us to live like Christ Jesus. So without the Holy Spirit, when we read the scripture, it's just letters. But it says, I think there's a scripture that says the Spirit itself gives life. So when you read the scripture, when you invite the Holy Spirit and just say, it might just sound like, okay, what am I inviting? But when you just say, Holy Spirit... Reveal Jesus to me as I read this scripture. It begins to unravel many things before you. It's like treasure. It begins to just pick things out, like just reveals things to you. 
And that's the beauty of just partnering with the Holy Spirit when you read the scripture. And in that scripture itself, it kind of divides into three parts. So it says there are three things in the verse that are used as comparison of how sharp the word of God is. Soul and spirit, or it divides soul and spirit, thoughts and intents of heart, and then joint and marrow. But for me, I like to kind of, I like to go into things a little bit deeper. So first I would go, okay, what is the word? I know Emmanuel explained that last week. And then you can just go on, either be quiet and let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. Or you can use Google, or good old Google is really very helpful, you know. <laughs> and you can just type in, what, what is the word in the Bible? And it would give you so much. And I think it was mentioned last week, the word is, you know, you might see Greek or whatever. And there's a lot of explanation, logos. And it is the Holy Word of Scripture. So referring to Christ himself or the Holy Word of Scripture. And it says, God has specially revealed himself in two ways. One, through the Holy Scripture, and other is through incarnation. So Jesus can be called the Word sometimes in the Bible, but the Holy Scripture is also called the Word. So I'll start then thinking, okay, so what's the Lord saying? Is it talking about Jesus or is it talking about the Holy Scripture? But here it's talking about the Holy Scripture. And then I could then look into, again, what does living actually mean? Living means to experience something. So, okay, the Lord wants me to experience something through his word. And I'm like, okay, so what does he want me to experience? And I'll go deeper again. It says it's active. What does that mean? It means it's powerful. So that means that this word of God I'm reading is powerful, full of energy. So when I'm reading, I'm not just reading letters on paper, but I'm reading something that's powerful, that carries so much power. And then I go deeper again. It says a two-edged sword. And I start thinking, okay, what's God trying to say here? Two-edged sword. What does that mean in the Bible? And it's going into a bit of research again. You know, it says a two-edged sword is ideal, defensive, and offensive weapon. I'm like, okay, what's that mean as well? You know, it says defensive weapon is when, for example, got the notes here, let me just see. When you defend yourself from an attack. So it means that the word of God can help me to defend myself from an attack. So for example, let's say a thought comes to your mind. The word of God is what you use. It, It is written. So like Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, when he felt... When he was tempted, what did he use? He said, it is written. So then, that's just one scripture. And I just begin to break that down as well. And it says it's defensive and offensive. What what does offensive mean? Offensive means that I can tear down strongholds with the word of God. Maybe strongholds of the mind, or maybe in the family. Maybe you notice something, health. There's a health issue in your family that's quite... As a cycle, I can tear that down with the word of God. And what came to my mind when I was reading this was Natalie saying that, you know, she was praying for the, for the shops, some betting shops to be closed. You can use them. The word of God is an offensive weapon for you to tear things down in your community that you do not like to see. That doesn't look like God. And that's what the word of God does. And then I don't just kind of stop there. Like, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? When you start kind of breaking it down. But I don't stop there. I don't go to God and I'm like, God, you know, what areas of my life do I need the word of God to be a defensive and offensive weapon? And I start questioning through the help of the Holy Spirit. And as I'm sitting there and as I'm still, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things in my life or reveal things around as well that the word of God can do that. So there's so much, it's so, the word of God is so deep. And that's just one scripture still. 
And then he talks about, you know, you can divide the soul and the spirit. I know the soul and the spirit is quite difficult to divide. But the word of God is sharp enough to divide. And then you can go into, what does the soul actually mean? And I see this so much in the Bible where David is like, my soul magnifies the Lord. You know, and he talks about the spirit as well. And you can then go, Lord, what does this actually mean? What does, what does it mean for human beings to have a soul? And you can go into a bit of deeper reading about that as well, that the human soul is that part of the body that is eternal. So that means that when I die, my soul will live on forever. You know? It says it's that part that lives on after the body dies and decays. Because the soul is basically the mind, our emotions, our will. The soul is the seat of the feelings, desire, and affection. So you begin to understand what the soul is. And I won't go too much into that so that we can have our discussion. But also the Bible says, it's Ezekiel 18 for that, all soul are mine. So that means that, oh, my soul belongs to the Lord. And you can even just meditate on that for a bit as well, that, Lord, my soul belongs to you. It doesn't belong to this world, but it belongs to you. And then you can meditate on that a little bit longer as well. And you can even then go into a bit of prayer as well and just ask the Lord, Lord, what's, is there anything in my feelings, my desires, my affection, or my will that does not align with your word? Reveal it to me. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in again. And the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things that are in your desires and things that are in your heart that's not quite right. And then you can then lay it down before the Lord whilst you're going deeper into the scripture. Just lay it down before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you've revealed to me that, you know, my heart can be a bit haughty or maybe I'm serving you for the wrong reason, which we're probably going to go into a bit later. And then you just be like, okay, Lord, how should I serve you? What heart should I have? to serve you or maybe the Lord can reveal to you that you're not quite nice to your neighbor which sometimes happens <laughs> and then you can be like hey Lord I, you know, that's not what you've, you've called me to love my neighbors so Lord teach me to love my neighbors show me how you loved people so that I can love like you as well and then you lay that down before the Lord that's how the scripture that's how we should engage with the scripture the scripture is not just there for us, just the tick box, it's there for us to engage with. And when we see parts that the Lord is really pointing out to us, then you, you bring it before him and like, Lord, why are you pointing this part of the scripture to me? For me, for example, um, my, my mind has been something that, I think, I think a year after I got started, I that my mind wasn't aligning with the word of God, my thoughts wasn't. And at first I was like, yeah, that's nothing. I'm like, Lord, I'm saved, I shouldn't be having this kind of thoughts. And then it got to a point where it became more of a stronghold. And I was like, okay, we need to deal with this now. And I remember the scripture that I was led to was 2 Corinthians 10, 10, I think 3 to 4 or 4 to 5. Where it talks about casting down imagination and every eye thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. I'm not saying it just because I crammed it, but because it got into my heart. And I had to ask the Lord to divide that word for me. And now whenever any thought comes that isn't of God, I'm like, oh yeah, we're casting that down. It's coming to the obedience of Christ. And why does that, why does that work for me? Because I believe in it and because it's been revealed to me as well. So I just really want us to, well, I'm sure a lot of people do it already, but if you don't, just really, just as we said, just invite the Holy Spirit to your quiet time. And even if it's just that one scripture that you're going to read for the rest of the week, it's better than reading 10 chapters and it not sinking in your heart at all. The Lord is more pleased with just that one chapter. So just that one verse. And it resonates with you and you remember it forever. You never forget it again. And then you find out that other people are going through the same thing. And you can then also teach them about that scripture that is now written on, the, on your heart as well. And that's how... 
beautiful the scripture is. Amen. We're going to go into our group soon. Um, don't you love the word of God? <laughs> it's beautiful. Just before we move on to our groups, I know our time is far running, I'm so sorry. Um, just the, the Lord was just reminding me again of the story of Martha and Mary and how it's so easy to get so busy. And busyness is not a bad thing. You know, sometimes it looks like, okay, someone is really active. It's not a bad thing. But when we can't balance it between just being in this presence, that's when it becomes just works. It doesn't, it's not good works, it's just works. And the Lord wants us to get to a place where our good works is actually pleasing unto him. And how can it be pleasing unto him? When it flows from a place of intimacy with his word. When you understand God's work, God's words, doing his works becomes so much easier. It doesn't frustrate you as much. I've been in that place whereby I'm doing God's works and I get quite frustrated. And God is like, yeah, it's because you've not been in my presence. It's because you're not into your word. So I just pray that the Holy Spirit would truly just lead us to truly lay our, lay our lives down in the presence of God and really get into his word and engage with his word the way that God wants us to. So we're going to go into our table discussion um, with this scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. So I believe we've all read it already. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. So as I said before, the good works, the word of God needs to do this in us first. Um, so we're going to split into table of four? I think four works today. I was going to say five earlier on, but I think four. Four is okay. And the first group, the first group, um, you focus on how has the word been useful for instruction in my life? So you can get a minute to think about it and then you can share it with your table. That's group one. And then group two, how has the word been useful for conviction in my life? And then you can share it with your table as well. And group three, how has the word been useful for correction in my life? And then the last group, how has the word of God been useful for training in righteousness? How has it helped me to be in right standing with the Lord in my life as well? So we can break it down into those four different sections. And then we can share it with the group as well. But also, we have this um, sheet as well. I was given it, was it a couple of weeks ago? And it just really helped me. So we can take it home as well. It's like a homework. <laughs> but, but you don't have to bring it back, I promise. So you can just keep it at home. And this sheet. So I think I mentioned earlier on that the word of God actually helps us to know our identity. And God has called us to be sons. That's what we are in Christ Jesus. Yes, sons and daughters. But it's called us to be sons. But a lot of the time, when we're not in our, war, in our word, we begin to believe some, or maybe the old mindset, like the bird in the cage again, that we carry their old mindset on with us. And we still have this orphan spirit, whereby, yes, we're now being fathered by God. But actually, our mindset isn't really believing that we're fathered by God. Our actions isn't really believing that. So I'll just give an example for myself. The Lord revealed it to me about just my motive for service a couple of years ago. And 
And often spirit would say, um, says here, a need for personal achievement as you seek to impress God and others. I wanted to impress because I thought that's what God wanted. So I wanted to really impress God. So any works I was doing, I was like, yeah, God, I want this to please you. But God got me to a point whereby he said to me that even before the works, before you do the works, I'm already pleased with you. So having that mindset, that means I believe that I'm a son because that's the same thing he said to Jesus anyway. And God had to, through his word again, God removed that orphan spirit in me, or in regards to that, he's still working on me actually, I, was still, I still need to lay myself down every single day, <laughs> trying to work on me. But through his word again, he reminded me of my identity, so I just want us to just take this home with us, we won't get time to go through it today, but just take it home and it's something that you can then ask God, God, okay, I am, I feel like I'm still kind of in that cage. But I know I am free, but there's this battle in me. What is your word saying about me? And then the Lord can just say, okay, you know, the son of man has set you free. You know, what the son of man has set for his free indeed. And then you begin to meditate on that word. So that's, what the, that's how beautiful the word is. So I'll just leave us to, before I stop talking, I'll leave us to go into our groups. We've only got five minutes so that we can... Um, so that. Just explain to them what they're doing because they didn't know what group was what. So just go okay. to four groups again. Four groups. They're in four groups. So Sorry. Just let them know which one. Awesome. So four groups. The first group, how has the word been useful for instruction in your life? And the second group, how has the word been useful for conviction in your life? Group three, how has the word been useful for correction in your life? And then group four, how has the word been useful for training in righteousness in your life? So we're just going to round up. I hope that discussion was good. Um, and it's a discussion we can continue on later on as well I guess um, in our homes as well and um, can I just just one one second each from just two groups alone sorry because we don't have enough time can I just get one point from from two groups any volunteers Oh, we talked about uh, your conviction, so mm. we looked at our, our beliefs and our opinions and our views of our subject and how the Word of God helps us frame and shape those views. And because the Word of God helps us shape that, we then become convicted and we know that we know that we know. And like Brian said, I know that I know you cannot change that view, but the Word of God has shaped that view. Awesome. Else um, was um, training in righteousness. And we were saying that um, if you read the Bible just uh, as, as a sort of a book, it can bring you under condemnation because mm. you can always think you're not good enough and you'll never mm. be able to please God. Mm. And so you need the Holy Spirit as you pray, um, as you and as you read the Word, um, to show you that it's it's Jesus that clothes you with His righteousness. It's nothing of ourselves, and so we're set free from any kind of condemnation. Yeah. Thank you so much. That is so. So beautifully said, both groups. Thank you so much. And just in conclusion, um, you know, just to 
as we've been saying, offer up, please, when you do get home and you're doing your quiet time, this is only one scripture that you've just expounded on. So when you're reading through the Bible, don't rush it. I know sometimes we want to get through the Bible in, I was trying to do it in 30 days, but it didn't work. Um, <laughs> so don't, don't be like me, please. <laughs> you know, take time out. Yes, you can do that on the side, but also take time out to actually break the scripture down so that it's actually written on your heart as well. So that when any trials or anything comes, that word is in your heart. You can be like Jesus and say, it is written whenever anything comes your way. And just to round up, I'm just going to say this prayer that I believe Paul prayed um, for the church in Colossae. Say, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So I just pray that as we go off today, that the word of God will dwell richly in our hearts when we read it and that it will bear good fruit and that we'll get to know God more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Anna.